This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Charlie Mang. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, welcome to the Behold podcast, y'all. Welcome back. If you're a longtime listener, we're, we're grateful to have you. And maybe, hey, welcome for the first time. This could be your first Behold. Hey, so hey, whoop, whoop. You're in for a fun ride. Uh, Sean and Dan and the one and only Charles Lyle Mang in the house. That's right. That's right. Hello, y'all. What a fun time we're having. It's always fun, right? It's always fun. I love it. I love seeing your guys' faces. I wish we were in person. This, what we're doing. I know it, you do. Sometimes we do it in person. Sometimes we do it over Zoom. But I feel like our connection and our chemistry is such that it transcends time mm. and space. Yep. Yes. Yes. We shall see. <laughs> we should have. We should have undersold and overdelivered. But now yeah. we've, we've put the ourselves. Next half. Next half an hour a is going to be a huge tell. As I was saying, if you're a first-time listener, I promise we're normally not this weird, uh, but sometimes we are. Hey, how are you guys doing before we jump into it? What's what's new with you? Chuck, you were just in Santa Cruz hanging out with the fam, right? I was, yeah. We went up and spent time with uh, Sarah's side of the family. Um, so we had folks come out from Hawaii, folks come out from LA. There were folks that came in from Florida, kind of, uh, people coming out from Granite Bay, just a bunch of folks kind of converging together. And it was a sweet, emotional, fun, silly time. We had a, we had a blast and the kids just love it up there. I don't know if you guys have been up to the Santa Cruz mountains up in Mount Hermon near Santa Cruz. Um, Beautiful. but it's just Beautiful. so fun because the kids can, can go and there's so much area to explore and, um, you're not concerned about safety stuff. It's just, it's just a great, great time. That's awesome, man. That's really fun. It almost sounds like a little quasi mini family reunion or something like that. It felt like it. It felt like a little bit of a of a chance for us just to get together and remember Sarah and talk about her and uh, cry together and laugh together and and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was a um, yeah a needed time. It was good. That's cool. Yeah, I heard you found a treasure trove of of. Uh, Ancient photos. Yeah, so her dad Dave and and mom stepmom Leslie uh, have in their attic just like boxes and boxes of pictures from Sarah and her brothers growing up, as well as pictures from when Dave and Sarah's mom Terry got married. Uh, just just an a, incredible amount of stuff to sort through, um, and it was it was really good. It was a really good time looking at all that, but there was just that general sense for all of us that Sarah should be here for this. But mm. again, uh, resting so deeply and rejoicing so deeply in the knowledge of where she is and, and all that. So it was good. It's good. It's yeah. good. Amen. I, I often think about what, what is it going to be like for our kids when they go through photos? Because they easily, our kids have like a million times more photos of themselves than we did growing up. And I wonder what that's going to be like, and you know, because we don't really do like photo albums or anything. Like, are we just going to like go through boxes and boxes of like old laptops? Right. Yeah. Or, <laughs> and just or it's like, like it's the where's cloud. the charger for the? Yeah. It's, it's the, the cloud. cloud. No, I've already written into my will that Jude and Stella will inherit my Instagram account. Wow. And they can just go through and look at it. I'm just kidding. I, wow. You guys are looking at me like I'm being serious. Come on. But but that well, will you are set an them up well so. to be an influencer. 
as the uh, uh, yes, segue. Yes. Yeah. All right, so if you're tracking with us, uh, oh, me and Dan, we're good. We're chugging along. <laughs> if you're- I, will say, I will say this. I will say this. Just fun, fun little update. So Parker started tackle football yesterday. He's wow. he's for the first time he's doing like organized tackle football, and it was crazy. We we brought him there and and watched him do all the stuff. It, it, it I will have to say it was a little bit of post traumatic stress just watching them do wind sprints, just run. And, and the coach is like, it's the fourth quarter. Like, who's going to dig deep? Who's going to be the tone setter? It was just funny. I was like, I was like, dude, this is totally coming full circle right now. It's, it's pretty wild. But it was a good here's, time. Here's the real question. And be honest, what made you happier? Which brought you more joy yesterday? Bringing mm. Parker to his first tackle practice or seeing Aaron Rodgers show up to training camp? <sighs> wow. It is. It is. I think a, it was Aaron Rodgers. Let's be real. Yeah, let's, let's be honest. I mean, it... it the the football thing for Parker is amazing, but but uh, I do I do want to say I want to go on record saying and and I think a lot of you guys have heard this from me. I knew that Rogers would be back all along. Okay, so let's let's go, Pat. Go, let's bring the Lombardi home. You know, one last dance, one last chance. Do it. All right, and for everyone out there who doesn't care, I'm with you. <laughs> so let's move on. Um, so back to the influencer topic. You know, Tim on Sunday, Mr. Tim Barley, the one and only, he's taking us through Second Timothy chapter 3, I think verses 10 through 17, something like that. And he, he titled it, I wish he, he titled it, How to Live a Life of Influence. I wish he had called it How to Be an Influencer, because it's more, more clickbaity. But anyways, mm-hmm. that's what he's talking about, you know, being an influencer for Christ in our lives. And so, Dan, you are the only one in the room with him as he, as he taught this. You know, Charlie's out of town, I was at the Altamont, so... As you listen, maybe you can go first. What are some of the first things that kind of stuck out to you? Before you before you do that, Dan, I just as you're saying that, I would love the title to be like Ten Ways to Step Up Your Influence. Number eight will surprise you. Like let that yeah, yeah, this, that's be, this is gonna be so clickbaity for sure. Yep, yep. Well, and that's so and that's our goal, right? That's our goal is to be <laughs> is is to be clickbaity, yeah, for sure. No, it was really really challenging. T- Tim basically called us to do some real hard personal evaluation and it uh yeah the passage just just kind of lended itself to that and i i I don't know how it was for everybody else in the room but for me it was it was a gut check and it, it was definitely an opportunity to just step back and really evaluate how am i using the platforms that god has given me uh, whether it's in my neighborhood or on my kids' sports teams or in, in my kids' schools, how, how am I using my influence uh, as a musician, as a pastor, as, as a friend, as a, as a brother and a son? You, you know, just it just kind of made you think about, okay, what are all these different arenas that I'm called to? And how is, how is, how is Paul basically set an example for, Tim, for Timothy and then also by extension to us, and so it was, it was really a good convicting time. And um, yeah, if, if if you're listening and you haven't gone back and watched that, you can you can go check it out on YouTube. But it was it was a great, um, I, I, yeah. I think the spirit of God was moving in the in in the room and like really bringing conviction. And so yeah, it was it was good. I, <clears throat> one of the things that Tim said for me particularly that that I've just been um, kicking around is like you know, am I using the the platforms I have and the influence I have to promote 
God and his word, you know, Jesus, the gospel, the, the truths found in, in the Bible, am I using my, my platform to promote that or to promote myself? And so that was a really important question for me to ask, to ask and, and I've been kicking that around, um, you know, ever since. So That's awesome. Yeah, so you mentioned those different arenas, and if you haven't heard it, then maybe we'll just read those eight that Tim gave. And uh, they're, they're eight great arenas, and to give the correct credit, Tim did not come up with them. Well, These are, <laughs> Second Timothy. Yeah, these are I mean, oh, yeah, Paul, different, but, oh, that's different too. Yeah. So these are straight from the words of of, of Paul himself uh, in that Second Timothy three ten through eleven passage. So I'm going to list the eight, and then maybe Dan again, if you don't mind, or maybe Charlie, one of you can pick one and just see um, explain why that one kind of hits or resonates with you. So the eight are teaching, conduct, aim in life, faith, patience, love, steadfastness persecutions and sufferings. It's a loaded list right there. So yeah, how do you how do you narrow that down? But I do think that that you know, you think even like in in terms of like the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience. There's all these things that come from having life in Christ. And and so I think we, what we don't want to do is segment this too much. This should be a a holistic kind of way that we go about things. But yeah. that being said, um I mean obviously for me I I love when Paul talks about suffering, and I love it when when there is uh, the umbrella of suffering and and recognizing that persecution falls underneath that, or natural things fall underneath that. You know what I mean? That suffering in general is something that God intends to use, and our responsibility in in the process of suffering is endurance. That as we endure, God is faithful to to produce some incredible things in our lives in that process, and and. Man, if you want to whittle down your influence, if you want to whittle down your understanding of truth, if you want to whittle, like really refine uh, the way you live, man, there really isn't much more like suffering to do that. And and God, man, he is so faithful and we can stand in such confidence that in the midst of that, um, in, in the midst of those hardships that he is doing some good deep work. That's really good because <clears throat> there are there are some some trials and suffering and grief that we go through that is unseen. And, and that's, that's very real and very true. But, but a lot of times the big kinds of things that we deal with in that category of suffering are very clear and evident to the people that are close to us. Yep. So you're, if, you, if you just lost one of your parents, for instance, they just passed away, m- most people in your life are going to know that. Your, your neighbors are going to see that they're going to ask and they're going to, and they're going to pay attention to how you are grieving. Are you grieving in in a faithful way? Are you grieving in a way that, that serves um, the the Lord and, 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 and and holds up his word. So I think that's a really, really good thing. Which I think, I mean, that's right. Paul's point in this, right? He's like, Timothy, you know about these persecutions and sufferings that I encountered in Antioch and, and what is it? uh, Lystra and Iconium. Yeah. Um, you saw me get stoned. You know what I mean? You, you at least heard, you at least heard about my stoning, uh, yeah. but you're, you're acquainted with that. You know what I mean? You, you understand what I walked through and, and man, how, how beautiful that we have an example of somebody who doesn't just talk the talk, but actually walks the walk in terms of saying, you know, um, live your lives sacrificially, right? To the gospel, to the, for the purpose of, of ministry, right? We are to yeah. live with that kind of mindset. 
Can, can we talk about something before we get too deep into these arenas? Sure. Can I, can I just take us on a little, like, um, a little sub bar? So, have you guys ever heard somebody communicate this kind of a sentiment? Why, why should I listen to Paul? Paul's not Jesus. Paul's not God. Like, what, why? I mean, this is kind of arrogant, what he's saying here. He says, you, he's, he's basically encouraging him, follow my, follow my example in all of these eight arenas. Be like me. What, what would we say to somebody that had that kind of a, um, a mindset, you know, towards Paul and his, and his writings? Well, I think it starts with apostolic authority. What does that mean? And is it legitimate? Is it something that Jesus actually established? Which if you go back to Matthew, you know, the Great Commission, right, where he says, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to do this work and this is what I'm calling you to do. You see from Christ's authority, he gives that authority. He passes that authority. Exactly, on, yeah. to these guys. And, you and then Acts Paul, 9, yeah. You look at when, Paul's conversion, right? Yeah. And, and the same thing where Jesus lays out, this is what's going to happen. And then Paul went through a whole period where, where I'm convinced scripturally that he is trained by Jesus. Jesus is passing on the same things he passed on to his disciples, but under the context of, of ministry to the Gentiles. And so we go to scripture with this assumption that that apostolic teaching that we find in the New Testament was first passed on from Jesus to those apostles. And so when we read these things, we can we can have confidence in what they're saying because it is, it is coming from Christ. It is empowered by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit in that process. But that being said, too, is we have to take into account other writings of Paul and his humility. And I know that when he wrote this to Timothy, Timothy is instantly going to understand that when Paul says, follow my example, that there is also that aspect of, as I follow Christ, right? That it's not coming just from him. It's saying, as I have lived this stuff out in my following of Jesus, now I'm calling you to live it out and you following me as I followed Jesus. Yeah. And that was, and another thing that, that Tim said on Sunday was Paul's got a pretty good track record and we all want, definitely want to have our eyes fixed on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. And he, he's the one that continually entrusted himself to the father who judges justly. And so we want to keep our eyes fixed on him for sure. But it's also helpful to have other people in our life that we can look up to other people in our life who have proven themselves to be faithful over a period of time. And so Paul is, is that for Timothy and he can be that for us as well. What I even think just from that sense of, of apostolic authority, he should be that for us as well. You know what I mean? It's not just can, it's not, it's not yeah, like we can be like, good. Oh, am I going to take him or, or leave him? Right? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Like good. That's good. Yeah. this is a guy who was commissioned by Jesus to do these, to write these letters, to do this work. Like we can't, we can't discredit that. Yeah, no, it's interesting you bring that up because um, I might have talked about this on the podcast before, <clears throat> but there's this drummer I follow who, you know, was an evangelical Christian and now he's kind of like a woke spiritualist, you know, <laughs> and he's agnostic, he would say, and you will quote Gandhi and Buddha and Jesus and all kind of lump them together. But anyways, all the time he says that he's like, yeah, why would we listen to the letters of a man 2000 years ago? written in really specific context to specific people going through specific things and try to use those for our lives with what we're going through 2000 years later with totally different circumstances, yada, yada, yada. But that's just the beauty of scripture is that it is 
outside of the realm of time that the truths contained in it are eternal, right? Yep. And it's so funny because you say that and then you look at everything happening this last year and what we're looking at in Romans and all this different stuff. It's like it could not be more fitting and impactful, right? So it's just interesting thinking about that. And like you said, like it's – if I look at the people available to me in my life, people that I know and love, you know, the elders, Tim Barley, you guys – None of you have encountered the things that Paul have, right? None of you have had your blindness healed and been charged to go be alive for Jesus, all these things. So if I, if I just look at the available people, I'm like, yeah, Paul seems like a worthy source for these things, right? Right. Yeah, and that, and that was, yeah, that was kind of what Tim was, 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 was talking about. So, yeah, so, so back to those, those eight arenas. So Charlie brought up just the, the, the steadfastness through persecutions and suffering and, and I think that is is really really powerful. Um, maybe we can talk about uh, this whole idea of of the aim in life. Mm. And um, Tim Tim really defined that for us by basically asking us this question: What is what is our worldview? And I love Tim Tim brought in this kind of this it's this passage from from Acts twenty verse 24 that Luke records Paul as saying, and it, and it almost, it kind of reads like a, like a, like a life credo or like a, or like a, like a mission statement for Paul. It says, I do not account my life of any value, not as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Mm. And so in one sentence, you, you, you get a sense of Paul's worldview and his, his aim, his mission in life. And I just love that, that idea of like your, your worldview determines where you're pointed. It's, it's this lens and this filter that you, that you, from which you see life and, and the world. And, and so as things come at you, you're going to make decisions based off that, that worldview. So, and and Tim was really good. He 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 questioned he questioned us all. Hey, what would we say if somebody asked us, "What is our worldview?" And it may be acceptable to not have an answer the first time, but but after that, we better we better be on top of it because we all have one, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. We all have a set of beliefs and a philosophy about life, and we our lives are all aimed and pointed in some direction whether or not it's a Christian worldview, that's up for debate, whether or not we're even aware of it, or if it's just, we're just kind of mindlessly going that direction. We all have one. Wouldn't you guys agree? Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. But I, I so, do think though that a lot of people, if not most people, but definitely a huge percentage of people never think about this. You know, they have these things for sure. They have their motivations. They have how they process X, Y, or Z but they never sit down and think to themselves, what is my lens and how am I using it? You know, which I think is so dangerous in such a way that Satan really influences Christians in an unhealthy way or just distracts them or all these things is if we're not sitting down and you're thinking about suffering, Charlie, like if we're not sitting down and, and really processing, why is it that I can have steadfastness or why is it that I'm not feeling that steadfastness, whatever it is, then man, we're just wasting time away. You know, we're, we're, we're squandering those opportunities to be an influencer. This reminds me of, you know, in first Peter three, it says something about, this is great. Uh, in your hearts, honor Christ, right? But he says, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. 
always being prepared. And sadly, a lot of us aren't prepared. And it's that it's that moment right there that you talked about, Charlie, of like such a opportunity to give glory. And it even says in that verse, do it with gentleness and respect, 100%. But to your question, Dan, I want to ask you, hey, what's your worldview? Like, what an opportunity that can go either way of just, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian. I go to church on Sundays. You move on. Or like, Charlie, you would say, man, I have a hope that has been proven and tested through fire this month. And this is why, you know? Yeah. So, man, the, 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 the benefits of preparedness for sure. Well, let's. So, and it's cool because because Tim gave gave everybody a space in their in their outline to to write a statement and to to be prepared. So, do you guys want to? I don't know. Kick one around now and like let let's. What what I'm curious. What would you say, Charlie, if someone asked you what's your worldview? Yeah, I would I would say as controversial as it is in the society we live in, is I have a biblical worldview. I think that when we say a Christian worldview, it's way too nebulous because Christianity mm-hmm. is defined in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But by saying a biblical worldview, um, what's being communicated is I genuinely believe that all scripture is breathed out by God and that it is profitable for, for teaching, for reproof, Ooh. for correction, and for training in righteousness, right? And so if those That sounds things, really good, dude. Where did you get that? Where did I think you, it was, oh. I think it was I think it was uh, third Timothy which is what I call barley now, by the way. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, what is that? It's uh, it's right there, right there in his yeah, outline, guys. It, yeah, it's verse 16. 16 in the 16 and 17, right? So, And he goes on in 17, right, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So so what, what Paul is saying here is that scripture has the ability to bring about genuine maturity and, and completeness in the life of those who, who, who live by it, who allow it to teach. They're faithful and, to train and obedient to, and to it, be yeah. reproved and to be yeah. corrected, right? Um, and so that just heightens for me this sense that in and of myself, I do not have the capacity to formulate a true worldview. Yeah. Now, it might be a worldview that I hold on to and that I let it dictate the way mm. I live, but it's not, it's not founded in truth. It's not founded in reality. Yeah. Uh, but we, God has given us his very breath, his very words in scripture. And, and that's where I'm going to base my life off of. And so yeah. when I go through a season yeah. of suffering, I can go to scripture and say, this is what God promises in, in this. Or if I'm going through a time where, where my patience is being tried, you know what I mean? That I can go to or God. Your faith is say, being tested 100%, or whatever. Whatever yeah, it might be, yeah. right? And yeah. so that's, that's, that's what I stand in is biblical worldview. And, and man, fire. You want to ruffle people's feathers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, I, so I, had a, I had a neighbor tell me a couple of years ago. He just thinks it's so, I think he was being condescending, but he's like, he's like, I just find it so fascinating that people still base their whole entire lives on, on a book. Mm. And, and I have two thoughts for, for that. Just the first one is, well, well, a lot of people do that, by the way, (laughs) a lot of people take what they read and develop a philosophy and a worldview. Seven habits of highly effective people. Right, exactly. Like that's not all that uncommon. (laughs) Nope. Okay. And then the, the second thought is, it's not just a book. What you just outlined there, the effect that the word of God has in the life of those who are obedient and faithful to it, yep. it's supernatural. Yep. There, there's, there's miraculous transformational power in the word of God. And even, you know, Tim, and even Tim went over this, like the, the, the amazing work that the, that, that the word of God is, that the canonized Bible is, is, is just 
it's miraculous. It's nothing short of miraculous. You know, all these different authors, over 40 authors, you know, over 60 different books written over the course of thousands of years compiled together. And there's this amazing continuity. There's this, um, there's this cohesive story and narrative that is unfolding of redemptive history. And it provides the best explanation for the way the world is. Yep. The, the world, the, everything from how, how did we get here and what's our purpose to what, how did everything get so messed up and, and how's it all going to end? It's, it's all told in, in the story of, of the Bible. And so, man, it, we're going to build our life on something. We're going to build our life on some kind of worldview. So to me, I don't think it's crazy at all. Even even for someone who's not sympathetic to to the Bible and, and Christianity, I don't think it's that crazy of, a, of, a, of an idea. It's controversial well, because of the where the culture is shifting. Yeah, well, but I don't think it's that crazy of an idea to build your whole life on the Bible. Yeah, first of all, like when someone says, oh, like that's crazy you do on a book. And we're like, well, a lot of people do that. But honestly, we should be like, yeah, we are different in that way. We are different than seven habits of high effective people. We are different than how corporate people learn their stuff and leadership courses and all that stuff. Yep. And here's why. And then just think about it logically. Like I, the temptation is totally there for people who don't follow Christ or aren't religious to just say, wow, 2,000 year old outdated old book and they're still living their lives by that, you know? <laughs> but just ask them and talk them through it. Just, let's just think about this. Let's do a little mental case study here and think about this logically. If we think about this and say, does God exist? First question, yes or no? If we assume yes for the points of the discussion, well, then what happens next? If then God gives us instructions for reality, for life, if God speaks to us in the form of telling people that, you know, which is what we believe happened, that he yep. spoke to people, what would you do with that information? You know, would you just speak that to your friends and then forget about it? No, you would write it down in a book. <laughs> so what other like why what other form would we use right now for yeah. maintaining and hanging on to those things that the God, the creator of the world revealed to us? How insane would it be for us to not cling to that written message from God himself for are, are thousands and thousands me, of years? Wait, are you telling me they didn't have podcasts in the ancient world? <laughs> right? Twitter. No. They just tweeted it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but the point being that, you know, it sounds crazy because yep. it's it's a lie from Satan covering over it. But if you unpack it, it's the only logical answer is yep. if there is a God and he created the world and then he spoke to us, we would be absolutely insane to not treasure those words for eternity. Right. Yep. yep. And not to build our lives on them. Right. Not, yeah, to, yeah. not to let that be. And now I do want to say one thing that this takes work because we have to understand we are in a war. Right. That's not mm. a flesh and blood but that there are powers that are constantly trying to deceive us. Both the world and its systems are flesh, uh, but, but ultimately it's all empowered by Satan himself, trying to deceive us and pull us away so that we build our lives on other things. Yeah, and, yeah. and so we've got to be diligent in that fight. We have to understand that there is responsibility on our part to go to the scriptures, to read the promises of God, to spend time in prayer, to... To, to, to be under the authority of, of, of a body of believers, right? right? To, to, to yeah. go to church and, and, and have the, the word of God preached and, ta- and taught to us from people that are in authority. 100%. And then to figure out how do I apply this in the context right. of 2,000 years later, right? Like yeah. the truths stand, 
But there is going to be that sense of, okay, so he doesn't we have talk to contextualize about, yeah. it. He yeah. doesn't talk about what yeah. kind of movies we should go see, right? Paul doesn't get into that. Mm-hmm. And yet there's enough in scripture to help inform those kinds of decisions for us. So when someone asks you, you, you respond to them and say, I find it fascinating that you, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. No, but but yeah, I, think, I think, oh no, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, just, just tagging on to all of that, you know, like you guys both said this, that just the Bible, that a biblical worldview addresses all things, right? But one helpful tool that I've put into practice when I'm talking to people about this, when I've been asked that, oh, like, what's your worldview? What do you do? Oftentimes, awesome. What do you mean by that? You know, when you say, what's your worldview, mm. what are you getting at? Because I think it reveals a lot about their own perspective and like what, what's important to them, what they're thinking about. And for some people, when they say, what's your worldview? What they really just mean is, how are you going to vote this year? Yeah, exactly. Are some you, people yeah. <laughs> mean absolutely like, oh, do you go to church? Do you not go to church? All that stuff. Some people mean, oh, do you, do you like gay people or not? All this stuff, you know? So asking them what they mean by that can really help narrow it down. And then the fun thing is, no matter what they answer, you can go back to them and say, yeah, biblical worldview. That's how I respond to that issue. But it's just a helpful way to gather more info and be able to then after that, you know, be more tactful and sensitive and all those things. Well, I will say too, I mean, I think some of you listening, even probably on Sunday, were like, nobody has ever asked me that question and nobody will ever ask. Who comes up to somebody and says, <laughs> hey, how are you doing? My name's Charlie. What's your worldview? You know what I mean? Hey, I kind of want to start doing it though, by right? the way. It's a, it's but, a great but, question. But you're right. It, but but it, is, it, it, is, it doesn't happen explicitly like that. It doesn't. And, and I so think where you're going. And that's my yeah, point, how does right? It, is that yeah. we still need to be able to articulate it. If we can't, then most likely there's some deception going on. We have to be able to articulate it. And and not because somebody's going to come ask us, but because just in the common relationships of life, there are going to be those questions that come up that speak to politics or who's, that speak to social issues or speak to whatever. And at the core of those questions, what's lying behind them is worldview kinds of things. And so it's, again, you know, don't just write this off because you're like, nobody's ever asked me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, understand that it's still important to articulate. And also, it, it, it helps you in your day-to-day life make decisions. Everything from, from am I going to, to move out of state and take that new job? Am I going to marry this person? Am I going to uh, go, go to this school? Um, or, or, or even smaller things like, I don't know, like, oh, uh, this meeting got canceled and I've got an extra two hours in my day. What do I do with those two hours? Mm-hmm. Or, um, hey, I have the opportunity to, uh, to, to stay up another hour and watch this and, and continue to binge this Netflix episode. Or I can go to bed now and wake up earlier so I can have that time with Jesus in the morning or, or whatever. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I even, I think about like, you know, the aim of, of, of Paul's life that he didn't account his own life as value or precious for his own sake. The only value (laughs) that his life had was for the purpose that he was, was, was advancing God's kingdom, advancing the gospel bringing, bringing that, um, that message into unreached areas. And so I, I often wonder, I mean, did, did Paul, did he get opportunities to do different things that would have taken him off mission? Right? Like what if, what if people ever asked him, Hey, why don't you should run for Paul for, you know, for, you should run for get into politics or, 
Or um, have you ever thought about taking this tent making business, you know, like, have you ever thought of expanding it, you know, and, and, and all, there's these self-serving kinds of things that we're presented with every day. And do, do we stop and think and filter them through a biblical worldview? And maybe sometimes we don't. Well, I'm, I'll encourage you all, hang on, because in the next few weeks we'll be looking, especially like when we wrap up kind of the main section of this of this letter before he gets into all of his greetings in the in the middle of chapter four. But really, verses six through eight, Paul gives an epitaph of his own life, and he he does some reflection, he does some anticipation, he looks at his present situation, and what's so clear in it is he has this mindset that his life is a sacrifice to the gospel both in the way he lived and in the way he's about to die, that he he lives with this assumption that this investment is worth it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it is worthwhile living without my own life being held up as the supreme value. He yeah, understood that it was the gospel that was the supreme value and he would do whatever necessary to promote that gospel. Do we, do we have that kind of heart? Woo. Sheesh. Bring what a teaser. Fire. What a teaser. <laughs> Spoiler, you should have made a clickbaity. Listen oh, next yeah. week to find out. You'll <laughs> never believe what comes next. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, but yeah, just a quote that I think about with the worldview thing is that C.S. Lewis quote where he's like, I believe in in Christ like I believe the sun rises. Mm-hmm. He's like, not just because I see it, but also because by its light, I see everything else in the world. Yep. I think it's a great way to think about the Bible too. It's just like, yeah, we see evidence of God in our own life, but at the same time, through the Bible and through the Lord, we see everything else in such a different light. Like you're talking about, Dan, of our work lives, our school lives, our kids, our marriages, all these different things that's just painted by by those truths. I love it. That's awesome. Cool. Well, and then and then Tim Tim really ended the time just bringing in this uh, this call from from Jesus to to be influencers in, in the culture. And he, he talked about how Christ has called us to be salt and light in the world. Maybe that's how we can kind of end our time today. Just talking about what does that look like? How, how do we, you know, what, 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 what kind of effect is, is Jesus getting at with these two images of salt and light and what, how does that look like for us in our in our modern culture? Yeah, it's funny because I, I bristle at the idea of influencer mainly because of the way society has has kind of you know formulated that concept with with social media and the millennial kind of whole thing of like people's whole careers are, are this way now. And I could roll my eyes at that, but the reality is that a lot of these folks make a whole lot of money. Yeah, because, it's real. Oh, it's real, right? They're half the world, half the world is on social media. Yep. half the world. And so, and so, what what that begs for me to like really wrestle with is is the reality that I cannot dismiss my influence. That that we just in as relational creatures, we influence people. We can, I can, I can lay on my horn and use a horrible gesture at somebody on the road and throw their day off for the next five hours, right? Just, just by that quick little interaction. We inf- I can influence my kids. If I have a grumpy attitude in the morning, it throws their day off, right? Like they influence yeah, yeah. me with the way, you know what I mean? Like we are easily yeah. influenced and society has tapped into that with the whole fashion and the food and the diet pills and whatever else, right? Like they, they market that. And so I love what Jesus says here, right? That, that you are the salt of the earth. You are light in the world. Like, 
understand that you are influential. And, and when you live for my glory, when you live to beautify the gospel by the way that you, you, you do these good works, you've got to understand that, that you are going, that is going to result in people seeing God and giving him glory. Do we trust that? Do we trust mm-hmm. Jesus's words there? Because I think if we did and we really dove into this stuff, we would view our lives very differently than, than we would otherwise. Yeah. Wow. Good. I love that you brought up, you know, the influencer culture right now, just because it is our culture right now. Mm-hmm. We just, everyone wants to be an influencer. We're left and right everywhere we look. And in whatever topic you want to name, you know, there's influencers in that, that category. And I just find it so interesting that if you look at most of those things, look at most of those types of influencers, influencer <laughs> is the wrong word. They're like hypnotists. They're wow. they're corporate mind. corporate shills. Yeah, well, they're wow. like no, but even even like more basic than that. They're yeah, mind yeah. It's numbing, like, attention wasting. It's like zombie zombifying. You know, yeah, if you yeah, look at all these yeah. things, all these different topics, all these different influencers, is they have millions and millions of followers for doing what? For doing stupid TikTok videos. You know, like what people are going for. It's not influence. You know, we call it influencer. But it's not actual influence. It's just a following of mind-numbingness, you know? Yeah. And it's so interesting because I think the world's appetite right now is huge and hungry for that type of media. Obviously, that's why it's taken off. Is people want just easy, non-challenging, they mind-numbing unplug. type of thing. They want to unplug yeah. and just zone out and not be challenged on anything, right? Dang, dude. And so if you think about that in the context of this discussion, as of how are we going to be a salt and light? In the world, right? Which means we have to be distinctly different. We have to stand out as salt. We have to be a light in contrast to the darkness, right? Mm. So what does that look like in our lives? And the way we're handling social media, the way we're handling our different work environments or whatever is, man, is there substance to what we're doing? You know, the world is, is doing this unsubstantial, just crap, frankly, what are we doing that has the substance of Christ in it? And if, if there's nothing like that, then woof, we got to do some thinking and praying because there should be, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah and, and people are, are because of the, the, the way the culture is right now, people are going to be resistant to things that, that challenge them intellectually or things that point out spiritual realities that they're not tuned into or, or, or want to think about at all. And so... Just being able to do it in a way, I mean, Jesus Jesus did it in such a loving way, but he never pulled any punches. Jesus never buries the lead on on how hard it's going to be to follow him. He never he never tries to hide the fact that, hey, people are gonna people are gonna hate you. People are gonna um, persecute you because because of me. And that's really great. We need to make sure we don't water anything down about the gospel but also just to be able to engage people in a loving way and just say almost like, Hey, is it possible that you're like, you're being lulled to sleep here by, yep. by the world. And we've, we've talked about this a lot over the last couple of months, but we went through this book just on, on how the enemy likes to attack us or, you know, it's kind of this, this, um, I don't know, theoretical book, um, screw tape letters. And, and a lot of what, these um, these demons that are riding back and forth to each other, a lot of what they're getting after, in terms of tormenting the the humans that are that are that they're going after, is all about just getting them to fall asleep, 
getting them to just be uh, unaware and and zoned out and and just like you said, Sean, in this zombified state. And I, I think that is a real wake up call for us. Just on on this, are we getting sucked into this influencer culture? Are we are we letting ourselves? just kind of get sucked up into it. Um, or maybe you're saying, no, I'm not, but, but are we, are you doing anything to engage with people that are? Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that yeah. that's what he gets to, right? Is, is he says, you're like a light on a hill, therefore let your light shine. And, and, and what's, what does that mean to let your light shine? It's that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. That there, that it is again. There's a contrast, right? And but it's it's that whole thing of of you know that we were cre- that God has created these works for us to walk in, so that we might walk in them, right? We're saved mm. by grace, but there's this this lifestyle now that flows from receiving that grace that God has prepared for us, so that we can adorn the gospel. It's so that mm-hmm. we we put feet to it. Not that the gospel needs anything extra added to it. But if that gospel has people changed, need to see it fleshed out, they, they need to if see it's it. changed yeah. the way I live, then people are going to take notice of that, right? And so it's it's asking, man, am I letting that truth influence everything around me? Recognizing that as I do that, God will use me to influence those who are lost. Amen, man, it's awesome. And thinking about that of of letting that light shine. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, we're focusing a lot about social media right now, just because that's so common with our life right now, right? And just the danger that social media can have with in being inauthentic, mm-hmm. being incomplete with giving a picture of your life. It's so easy, right? It's so easy to just post the things that are having you're having fun with and you move on. But at the end of the day, like, Especially right now, everyone's believing everything. There's so much fake news out there. Like every Instagram post you see, this thing will change your life, right? If you believe them. But at the end of the day, people are going to understand the actual transforming power of Jesus by witnessing your life. You know, not by the words you say, really, but really by seeing you walk through life and how you respond to all these different arenas that we're talking about. And so in that way, I just want to challenge everyone out there. I know I'm not the most like active social media, so it's easier for me to say this. But are you being real on social media? Are you giving an accurate picture of the highs and the lows? Are you rejoicing in trials on social media and giving glory to God, right? When things go right, are you giving credit to God? And as you do this, man, this is a real thing. And it's gonna be a real challenge for a lot of us. You have to acknowledge there probably will be a cost to your social media numbers in standing up for Jesus Christ, right? We have to just acknowledge that. Even in this passage, it says, for all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And that's just the reality. That's a beautiful thing. But still, for so many of us, that scares us. Like, oh, if I post this thing, I'll lose this many followers or whatever it is, you know? And just grab hold of that, bring it before the throne of God, and just reject that because we're called to this. We're called to to be a light and accept the consequences and just trust that God's going to use that for eternal glory, right? Yeah, do you That's want good. do you want your followers to follow you in your worldliness or do you want your followers to follow you in your Christ likeness? Like w- what are you doing? And really stop worrying about your followers, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about your ratios. Right? So. Hey, so and and just just to kind of throw something else in there to to consider is 
there's a wise and an unwise way to, to do this as well. And I'm sure we've all seen things get pretty toxic in the comment section of whatever social media, you know, situation, if it's a YouTube video or, or Facebook thing or whatever. And so it's really easy to get sucked into a, just a real, um, yeah, real toxic back and forth kind of debate on Facebook or wherever. And my encouragement to you would just be to us would just be, just use wisdom. There's this guy in our church who, who posts, um, things about the Lord and, and about scripture and, and he, he posts, you know, his, his, his biblical Christian convictions online, uh, regularly. And sometimes it gets a little sideways. <laughs> um, have you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plenty of people. Yeah. And so he's, he's just in the habit. He says, if that ever happens, he just deletes the post. He just deletes the post and, and he'll say to the person that is going back and forth or whatever, if, it, if it's, if it's at all possible, just, Hey, I appreciate you weighing in. I'd love to talk more in person. Uh, just so you know, I'm going to delete this post just before it gets any more ugly. And then boom, just deletes it. Um, and, and so there, there are things like that just to help us be more w- wise and effective. What we don't want to do is, is, is come across as, at, and this is kind of funny. Somebody was actually um, commenting on this. Isn't it interesting how salty has become like a negative yeah. thing? Like, hey, why are you so salty, dude, if someone's like being sassy or rude or, or angry or whatever? But in this context, salty is a good thing. <laughs> So if, if, if what you're doing has lost its saltiness, even if you tried to do it in a salty way, it's okay to just pull it, pull it down or take it in a different direction or, or just, you were always going to have mixed reviews. And so don't get pulled down into the gutter with the people that are going to be hostile to what you, what you do online. Well, I think online or otherwise, right? The goal is always, yeah, am, I, am I adoring the gospel? It, yeah. Am I am I living in a way that brings beauty to what Christ has done in my life? And so so wherever it is, right? And I think that there are a lot of people who they might have the image of that on, on online, but their goal is followers. Their goal is to rile people up. Their goal, you know what I mean? Whatever it might be. Yeah. So so for us, for anyone listening, this is just the core thing. Are you bringing glory to God in what you do? Period. Like. That's it. Like we are we influencing the world? Saltiness, right? That idea of seasoning, that idea of a preservative, light, the idea of illumination, right? Are we doing that with the way we talk, with the way we post, with the way we relate to one another? Are we are we demonstrating the significance and the beauty and the power of the gospel? Amen. And yeah, I, I think that's really wise, Charlie, just clarifying that this is not about social media, right? This is about your life and glorifying God. And social media just happens to be the way that a lot of us are engaging with people right now. And also on the flip side, I just want to say, you know, I know we're kind of like poo-pooing a lot right now on social media, but what an amazing tool, right? Like what an amazing thing that all of us have immediate access to hundreds of people, you know? And so even what you just described, Dan, of that friend who will, will try to be wise and take stuff down, like people see that. You know, they're going to see the way you conduct yourself on social media. And that first Peter 3 passage, again, of being prepared to make a defense, it says, yet always do it with gentleness and respect. Yeah. And we just got to keep that in mind. 
So put I think some spec on it. Put some put, spec on it. Put some spec on your salt. Put your salty specs on. You know, I think that a good, just easy question to ask yourself as we're kind of getting ready to wrap up here is, you know, use the example of social media of just, man, if someone looked at this, would they know my worldview? And would that worldview be Jesus Christ in the Bible? And, and replace that with whatever. You know, if someone heard my conversation that I had this morning playing pickleball the whole time, what did they think that? If, if someone, someone if someone looked at my bank account, what would they think? Your bank account or your your internet history yep. or the way I conduct myself at weddings, whatever it is, like just take your life and look at it objectively and just say to yourself, would I know that this person loves Jesus Christ and that's what guides their life? Sadly, for so many of us, it would be no would be the answer. And mm-hmm. so what can you do? What can you change? Start praying and ask for the Holy Spirit to help you to make that not be the case so that, again, so that, you can be that salty light out there. Love it. Yee! Salty mic drop right there. I think that's it, y'all. Go Understand your it. worldview and then let people see the beauty of Jesus. Can you guys hear my cat meowing right now? Yeah, it's, it's cute. pretty I'll, awesome. I was wow. feeling it. That's our cue to end. Hey, we love y'all. Praying for y'all. Hope that you are uh, just charged and just feel encouraged about being an influencer for Christ. Meow. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.